0: This is an issue we've addressed on the program before, but these continued attacks against Asian Americans across the U.S. have prompted activists and celebrities to speak out and renewed criticism how uh, the U.S. uh, simply sort of sweeps under the rug these various Hate crimes. The attacks have largely been targeted towards um, elderly Asians and other socially vulnerable uh, demographics. And as a result, some community leaders have volunteered to safely escort um, elderly home within their neighborhoods. And there have been some voices saying that, um, well, give us the proof. Uh, Is there really an uptick in um, violent crime toward Asians? There are certainly individuals in the U.S. who are uh, motivated by anti-Asian bigotry. Uh, we know that that sentiment has risen uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, where uh, a large part of the population have blamed China and in turn Asians uh, for this um, virus. Let's get the um, opinion and analysis from somebody who's on the ground there, a community organizer um, advocating for the rights of Asian-Americans, William Lex Ham. He's an actor as well as community organizer based in New York. Joining us on the line right now. Hello.
1: Hey, how are you doing, Henry?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you very much uh, for uh, joining us, William. So we have a new administration. Uh, Joe Biden Mm -hmm. seems to be... um, On the surface, um, much more of a, uh, (laughs) just put it bluntly, not as racist as the previous uh, administration. (laughs) That being said, um, we're not necessarily seeing an improvement in terms of what Asian Americans are facing in terms of this uptick of of hate crimes. As a community organizer and activist yourself, uh, how are you dealing with the situation? What do you make of the situation right now in the first few weeks of the Biden presidency?
1: Yeah. You know, just because of a new presidency or a new executive order condemning the violence against Asian people, um, you know, it's not going to stop uh, the rise. Right now. You know, we have to take a look at, you know, what happened maybe to our Muslim uh, brothers and sisters and people who look like them, you know, Indian folks uh, after 9-11, you know, and the racism that and attacks that they were facing um, for many years. Afterwards, You know, so this is something that we have to face and address in the long haul. And it's something that we have to make a shift culturally. So in the meanwhile, while, you know, we are working towards that, um, we're having uh, many uh, neighborhood patrols that are starting to pop up. Uh, just concerned citizens who are, like, you know, tired of seeing, you know, these attacks happen over and over again, targeting our elderly. So uh, we have patrol groups that are popping up in the Bay Area, L.A., New York, um, you know, these places where it's, you know, majority Asian, uh, you know, much, much of the Asian population is, and where a lot of our elderly are just, you know, walking about, you know, just going about their day now in fear and anxiety of being attacked.
0: Now, we can say that uh, at least the Biden administration, through executive actions and at least through their rhetoric publicly, they are trying to kind of... I guess, cool down the temperature a bit. But we have seen the past four years uh, with the Trump administration adding fuel to the fire. Trump himself, you know, uh, going after um, Asians um, in, a, in a quite racist way through various offhand comments and, and even treating Asian American reporters uh, in a derogatory manner. Can you just talk about the past four years and how that kind of really brought to the surface maybe a lot of um, hidden or uh, sort of unspoken uh, racist sentiments of, of the uh white population
1: yeah so you know there's been uh a negative conditioning against asians for you know over a hundred years in our media you know the emasculation of asian men in our media um the uh, the over sexualization of women in our media you know so um you know these kind of racist tones that, uh that people feel against asian people or just and and it's like you know starting with like the chinese exclusion act of like 1880 uh 82 and um you know with all these uh um negative portrayals in media like there has been an ongoing kind of like insidious like kind of hate or um, otherness that have been placed against asian people and people who share asian features you know and um so when you had Trump come about, you know, and, and manifested, uh, what he expressed, you know, were things that people already felt, you know, that uh, he allowed them to be bold and brazen enough to be public about it. You know, so we've seen an increase in divisiveness throughout the past four years, um, and a lot of uh, tribalism, you know, uh, that has been brought about these past four years.
0: Speaking of that tribalism, uh, uh, you you are of the younger generation and and an activist in the moment and the times we live in right now. Uh, I'm from the generation of the, the L.A. riots. I'm I'm, a, I'm a, my family. A lot of my family is mm-hmm. from L.A. and that was really a seminal moment, as yeah. as you know uh very well uh how there have been those inherent tensions. Now specifically, we're talking about the Korean immigrant, Korean American community and the African American mm-hmm. community, uh, especially in places like. L.A., and New York, and, and those tensions kind of bubble to the surface in the aftermath of the, the Rodney King incident. Uh, yeah. do you, I, I know there's greater sol- solidarity, obviously, uh, right now with all of the groups, uh, including Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. but do you feel that um, there are certain cases where you, you still have to fight that sentiment? Why are Asians complaining? Asians have it better. They're the model minority, right? Uh, you guys are privileged anyways. And um, uh, or, or do you feel that other groups, whether it's Latinx or um, LGBTQ or, or uh, BLM, you guys are all kind of on the same side, and you guys all get each other and the struggles are all kind of felt uh, equally?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to kind of paint a broad stroke against all, you know, the different communities. You know, there are definitely a ton of Asian, black, you know, Latino, uh, you know, indigenous people who are, you know, fighting for solidarity. But there's also a ton of ignorance as well. There's a lot of misinformation across social media that drives people to uh, be more ignorant of each other, to hate each other more. I mean, that's you know, was prevalent during the L.A. riots, you know, where the Korean community was pitted against the black community. Yeah. And even the uh, Korean town was used as a buffer, right? So that uh, people who were upset uh, and rioting wouldn't get to, like, the richer areas of L.A. Yeah. You know, they they kind of completely abandoned K-town, Koreatown, to fend for itself, you know, causing even further tensions, you know? So, um, you know, if, like, you know, I think by design... Uh, we're kind of used and wedged to pit each other, you know, utilizing the model minority myth, you know, uh, to pit us us against other people of color. Um, But, you know, all marginalized people combined, you know, we are the majority. So we have to find a way to come together and support each other and bring that kind of power back for our communities, for, you know, all of our people. And right now, um, you know, we do have to 1,000% focus uh, on the, the the like national crisis right now of Asian people under attack you know there need to you know be a focus there need to be a condemnation uh, of this by all groups because this is heinous uh, any way you look at it
0: you, t- you talked about the uh, emasculation of Asian men the over sexualization mm-hmm. of Asian women uh- I mean, these yeah. these are all serious issues that I, as an Asian-American myself, also kind of uh, have felt deeply. Do you think there's any optimism going forward? We do have an Asian-American vice president in, in Kamala Harris. And although, you know, the struggles are all different. We all have different lives. We all have unique backgrounds. But uh, with the emergence yeah. of uh, Asian-American leaders in the community, activists like yourself, that uh, you can bring about positive change?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, it's but you know, as much as we deserve uh, equal representation, equal like uh, uh, respect, you know, worth and dignity of our own lives. You know, if we're not getting it, then the onus is upon us to go and take it. Mm. You know, and and that's what we're seeing right now. You know, we're seeing right now tons of Asians. You know, in our country, just stepping up. Utilizing their voice, utilizing whatever platforms they have, you know, uh, reaching out to their, you know, uh, uh, company heads, you know, in their corporations, and um and, and our celebrities are speaking out as well, you know. So you know, we're seeing a rise, you know, of a lot of activity in our community that uh I, that I see so much hope in for our future. Uh,
0: just very briefly, uh, what are your plans now going forward as as far as the uh, stop the uh, Asian hate movement?
1: So um, yeah, I had started a uh, neighborhood patrol watch in uh, San Francisco's Chinatown. I just recently got back to New York, and I'm working to um, distribute personal alarms you know, or sirens, okay. uh, for our elderly, uh, And we're also working to uh, organize the neighborhood patrol watches here in Flushing, Brooklyn, uh, downtown Manhattan, and um, also like elderly escorts.
0: All right. Well, William Lexham, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, great discussion. Hopefully, we can have you back again soon and talk about this in further detail.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Have a great morning.
0: That was William Lexham from
1: New York. We're going to move on to the second hour after another check of traffic and weather.